We're not asking for money and houses and stuff. We want you to send the fire so that this godless generation would know that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Send the fire. Well, bless the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, I want to offer you this message entitled, Send Your Fire. And it is important today, my friend, for us to offer our lives to the Lord that the world may know that Jesus Christ is Lord and they will turn their hearts to him. This is a thrilling message and I want you to hear it because today is your day for deliverance and change. So check out today's message. Now don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can find all the links to our podcast, app, social media, and so forth. So check it out today. That's www.kingdomrock.org. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message, which is entitled, Send Your Fire, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 1 Kings 18 chapter. 1 Kings 18 chapter won't be before you very long. At least I never plan to, but we plan to uh, move with the Spirit, and I do have a word to give you today in Jesus' name. 1 Kings, 1 Kings 18 chapter, 1 Kings 18. We're going to be reading this particular scripture out of the King James Version. 1 Kings 18 chapter, verse number 20. When you got it, say, I got it. If you need more time, say, hold up. All right, we'll wait on you. We'll wait on you. We're one family. Hallelujah. We're one family. We're one family. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We love Jesus. We thank God for you. All right, 1 Kings 18 chapter, verse number 21. One verse, then we'll go further on down. It says, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. What's happening here? We see here, and you're going to see this uh, shortly, that uh, the people of God had been bewitched by the worship of Baal. King Ahab and his wife, Jezebel, had infiltrated, had used the worship of Baal to infiltrate Jewish society. And now Baal worship uh, had bewitched the people and they were stuck between two opinions. And this is where we're starting right here. And let me tell you a little bit about Baal before we go any further, before we get into it. Uh, the word Baal means Lord. So he was, he was masquerading, false God, masquerading as Lord. Baal was named, he was named the supreme God, uh, and he was worshipped there in uh, Canaan and also in Phoenicia. The practice of Baal uh, worship, again, it infiltrated Jewish worship, and you can find out more about that in Judges, the third chapter. And it, came, it became widespread among the people of God under Ahab and Jezebel, once again, under the leadership. It became widespread. God told the children of Israel, once you go into the promised land, do not serve the Canaanite gods. Put no other god before me. I'm the only one. I brought you out. Don't go in there and serve them. But what did they do? They went in there and they began to serve. Isn't that something? So what was Baal known for? Let me tell you this. He was known as the fertility god. 
he was the one that they said, well, well, he's the one, if you want your crops to grow, then you worship Baal. If you wanted more children, then you worship Baal. That's what he was known for. As a matter of fact, if you look him up, look at look the name Baal up, B-A-A-L, you'll find him mostly depicted as, um, as a man, a god, having a bolt of lightning in his hand bolt of lightning and some of you know this case here this story but it should, shouldn't it have been easy for a god that had a bolt of lightning to start some fire on a sacrifice some of you know about this story about this account about what's about to happen here if, if, if you're familiar with this and so here we are the people of god were trying to serve too now the bell worship was also rooted in sensuality don't you know at the church service they had temple prostitutes Ready to serve you. Temple prostitution was right there in the house of Baal. And you wonder why some of the men didn't miss church. <laughs> Temple prostitution right there in the house of Baal. And if you needed a sacrifice, what they would do, Baal often needed human sacrifices. Many times it was required that those that wanted something special from the false god Baal, it was, uh, it was uh, suggested to them or commanded them that they would bring their firstborn child and burn him alive. So on one side, you got the temple prostitutes. On the other side, if you want a miracle, bring your firstborn. Kill him. Burn him alive. But they thought that he was the God who supplied the crops, that he was the God that supplied children. So here again now, these weren't people that were just, that, that had no idea who Jehovah God was, who the great I am was. They remember he brought them out of Egypt. He, they remember going through the, well, the generations back, of course, the generation that came out of, of Egypt, they all died, but the, this new generation came in. Remember, the old generation walked around the, in the desert 40, 40 years until they all died out. Then this fresh generation rose up and they went to the promised land and God told them, hey, don't y'all serve the other gods that are there. But of course, you know, they did. And so the people of God, they understood, they knew who God was, but they were stuck between should I serve the Lord or should I serve this false God? They were wrapped up in the flesh. This was a very sensual thing. So they were caught between, should I serve a spiritual God, someone that fulfills me inside, or should I serve this one that fulfills my flesh, that makes me feel good in the body? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? They were caught right there. And so... We see here that this is the culmination of a three-year drought. You read this later when you get home in, in 1 Kings, the 17th chapter, 16th chapter. God told the prophet Elijah, I want you to go and tell King Ahab, go tell him that I will not allow rain to fall on the earth for three years to prove to you, show you, I am God. Now, this was an indictment. This was judgment against the false god Baal because, after all, he was the one who's supposed to make your crops grow. So God said, I'm going to shut off the water. I'm going to shut it off from the street, if you will. <laughs> now we're going to see how you're going to make them crops grow. So they called upon their God. They called upon Baal, and no rain happened. 
None happened. Nothing happened. Crops dried up. Severe drought. Where was Elijah during that time, of course? He was at the brook Cherith. He was there drinking from the brook, and the Lord had ravens to come and fly in, bring him bread and bring him meat, and he was sustained there because King Ahab said, let's go find this man Elijah because he's the one that's messing stuff up for us. We had it good. Bewitching the people. But God said, no, 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 no. Three years, I'm shutting it down. And you're going to see who God is. And so at the conclusion of the third year, Elijah shows up again, and he tells Ahab, hey, I'm here. And King Ahab said, are you the one that troubles Israel? He said, no, I'm not one that troubles Israel. Israel, your tail, you have been troubling Israel. Excuse my French. <laughs> and so they get to the point here, and Elijah, this is the time of showdown. Say showdown. Oh, this is the showdown now. Because here, here's the thing. Elijah's there, and uh, the prophets of Baal are there because Jezebel, you know, she... Again, Queen Jezebel, she took all the prophets of God, or so she thought, and she had all of them killed. Elijah said, I'm the only one left. And here's a showdown time now, showdown. God sends Elijah in and said, uh, God tells Elijah, go ahead now, show yourself to King uh, Ahab and, and, and gather the people. I'm going to do something special here. And so all the people show up and the prophets of Baal show up and Elijah says this, whoever, whatever God answers by fire, let him be God. And so he said, let's make some altars. You and the prophets of Baal, you got 450, y'all, y'all be over there and y'all go ahead and make yourselves an altar and I'll make an altar over here and we'll put our sacrifices on the altar. Don't put any fire on it. Nobody cheat. Don't put any fire under it. And whatever God answers by fire, let him be God. And the people said, okay, that sounds good. And so it began to happen. And so it began to happen. We'll talk about that, but let's look again at, uh, look at verse 21. Here's the issue here. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, how long, how long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, Follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Now we're about to get heated up. Somebody say heated up. Yeah. All right, here's the problem. He said, how long halt ye between two opinions? The word halt does not mean necessarily to stop, but it means to leap, to leap, to spring. So they were springing between sometime they serve God and sometime they serve Baal. Sometime they in this church with Baal serving their flesh, and then sometime they serve God over here in the spirit. The problem was not how long are y'all going to serve Baal when y'all going to come back to God. No, it was how long y'all going to be hopping between one and the other. How long y'all going to be hopping between one and the other? God said, how long? Leaping. How long leap ye, halt ye between two opinions? How long? Now, the word opinions there, I love this because the, the word opinions there means to, uh, it's the state of having mixed feelings. You don't know. Is God the real answer for my problem? I need some money. Is God the real answer? Or do I need to go and get a loan? Is God the real answer for this condition in my, in my body? Or do I need to take this experimental drug, these experimental pills? Do I need to do that? 
Is God the real answer for my relationship? Or do we need to go ahead and go down to the court and let this joker go? Excuse my French again. Is God the answer? So they were going from back and forth, back and forth. Do I serve God? Do I hear the voice of God? Or do I hear the voice of the world? Do I follow what God says? Or do I do what he says? Do I do what the enemy says? Back and forth. And this was a problem. He says, how long halt ye? Or how long are you going to leap or spring about between both? From God to Baal. From God to Baal. And then he says this. He says, if... The Lord, now the word Lord here is Jehovah. We usually uh, pronounce it Jehovah, but the true translation is Jehovah. He says, if the Lord or Jehovah be God, the word God here is Elohim. Say Elohim. Elohim. You sound so good saying that. <laughs> Say Jehovah. Elohim. Elohim. Oh my God. He said, if the Lord, that is interpreted, if Jehovah be Elohim, follow him. He says, but if Baal, then follow him. And the word, and, and it says in verse number 21, and the people answered him, not a word, couldn't say a thing. Said, y'all got to decide what y'all going to do. You're not serving God fully. You're not even serving the devil fully. You got to decide what you're going to do. Are you hearing me? It's like a man having two women. Oh, my God. Which one you going to do? Which one? Now, you're already married. God said, I'm married to the backslide. He said, I'm married to Israel. And they got this other thing on the side. Sometimes they're in God's bed. They're with the Lord. But then other times they tipping out and going back and forth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. I'm here with you. I'm sorry. Then, excuse me, God. And back and forth. Anybody know about that back and forth, leaping between two opinions? Oh, we're knocking on somebody's door right now, aren't we? But understand something. As long as they were doing this, they could never get ahead in life. They're, they will always be perpetually stuck. Always be perpetually stuck. Understand something. When they were living right there in the middle, not fully submitted to God and not fully submitted to Baal, not fully in the church and not fully in the world, just right there, right there in the middle of the street, walking down the double yellow lines, you don't know where you're coming. You don't know where you're going. You're with Jesus or you're with the world. You, but it seems like they would only worship, only worship God when it became convenient to them. I come to church. I don't mind tithing. Ooh, I don't know about that. I come to church, but wait, that's the Super Bowl that day. I'll serve you, Lord, as long as it is convenient to me. When it ceases to be convenient to me, you understand, don't you, Jesus? That's like if I would tell my wife, I said, if, 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 if I were to tell my wife, if, Lord help me, if I were to tell my wife, honey, I would be a husband to you as long as so-and-so doesn't come around. Now, I wouldn't think that that would sit well with her. 
I'm going to hide right here for a second. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. This is what they were telling God in their actions. Sometimes what we do speaks louder than what we say. They weren't fully committed. So the word is, how long will y'all be uncommitted? He said, if the Lord, if Jehovah be Elohim, this is the real thing. Who is Elohim? Elohim means the supreme God, the one true God. If Jehovah is the one true God, if he is Elohim, then follow him. That is, follow him fully with all you've got. But if Baal be the one true God, Elohim, then follow him with all you've got with everything in you. But they were right there in the middle. Two opinions. Mixed feelings. And as long as they stayed in that state, they would never be prosperous. Let me give you some examples here. In James, the first chapter, James, the first chapter, Come on, fast fingers. James, the first chapter, I'll write, I'll write this down. It's up to you. James 1, verse number 6 through 8. Some of you know this very familiar. I'll give you a moment to get it. James 1, the first James 1, verses 6 through 8. As long as they stayed in that state of being in the middle, they would never prosper. They would never increase. They would never go anywhere. And some of us think about our lives and say, I should have been promoted by now. I should have had more by now. Ministry should have gone this way by now. I should have had that by now. Why am I stuck? Why can't I move forward? It seems like if I take two steps forward, I'll also take two steps back. I can't go anywhere. It seems like I'm always in the same spot. Today, if you're here with me, God gives us a, a solution to that problem. Are you hearing? James, the first chapter, verse number six says, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. They were double-minded. You can't build on something that's shaky. You need a firm foundation. The Lord tells us this also in Matthew, the sixth chapter. Matthew 6, you can write it down. Matthew 6, verse 24. Matthew 6, 24. The Lord says here, Jesus says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Notice the Lord said, no man can. Say, no man can. No man can. In other words, it's impossible. If Jesus said it's impossible, it's impossible. You cannot be fully devoted to two. You got to choose. You want me or you want him? Are you hearing me? That's a terrible situation for somebody. I thought you loved me. Who you want? <laughs> Let me get back to you. That's a terrible situation. Somebody fooling around with your heart. I hope I'm not prophesying to somebody. Let both of them jokers go. <laughs> well, there we go again. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They don't know about the good thing that they have in you. They, oh, oh, okay. I don't know what it's coming from, but here you go. 
What a terrible situation to be in. Your heart is on the line. And here's God sending prophet Elijah. Go down and tell my people, how long are they going to keep on doing that? How long are they going to keep on? How long are they going to keep doing me like that? I cause the rain to fall on their crops and then they go over to his house and say, oh, you're so good. You're such a good God. Baal. God said, I did that. I caused you to have children. Then you go over there and you burn your first child trying to get more. And I was the one who did that for you. Isn't that awful? You do the work and then somebody else get the praise. The father said, why are you doing me like that? Elijah, go down and tell him. Go down and tell him. And so Elijah's there, and he's, and he's having this big showdown. And let me show you another scripture about how dangerous it is being in the middle. You can write this down. James, the fourth chapter. James 4. James 4. Verse 4. One verse. James 4, verse 4. And this time, on, I'm going to read this to you out of the New Living Translation. Are you ready to hear this? Are you all with me? James 4, verse 4. Very familiar. This is out of the New Living Translation. This is how it reads. You adulterers. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. And so we say we can look today and say, man, those, something was wrong with those Israelites. Something was wrong with them. They shouldn't have done God like that. But you know, if you point your finger at one you got some fingers pointing back at you, too. They couldn't move any further. They couldn't go any further. And God would not be with them. As long as they kept tipping out of his house. Weren't fully committed to him. Life would not progress. It would not move any further. So the Lord saw that and he sent Elijah to tell the people, wake them up. Wake them up. They've been bewitched. Wake them up. Wake them up. You can't go any further in that state. It's either you're going to be married to me or you're not. I can't keep your bed warm and, and, and food on the table and, and you don't come home to me. You got some other family somewhere else. And, and you, uh, how long you want me to be? How long you think I'm a good person and all that? But how long you think I'm going to sit here and wait on you when you keep going somewhere else? We've got an agreement. We've got a covenant. We've got a relationship. We're married. We're bound one to another, but you still keep going over there. How long do you think I'm going to wait for you? My God is quiet. This is what the Father's saying. Are you hearing? And so he says, so the question is again, really, who is God? Who is Elohim? Who is the true God here? This is what the thing is all about. And so they have the showdown. The prophets of Baal, they went ahead and they built their altar, 450 of it. And they, they started there early in the morning, dancing around the altar, screaming and yelling loud, Oh, Baal, Baal, send the fire down. Oh, Baal, oh, Baal, send the fire down. Oh, Baal, oh, Baal, send the fire down. Send it, send it, send it on down. And what happened? Nothing. Early in the morning, they started. Nothing happened. 12 o'clock at noon, nothing still happened. What did Elijah do? Elijah said, hey, why don't you yell a little bit louder? He's a God after all. 
He may be asleep. Need to read it. Maybe he's gone on vacation. You know, he's very busy. Just yell louder. And so what they do? They did. They yelled louder. And then they took knives and they cut themselves, cut themselves, and blood gushing all out. As they called upon Baal, as they called upon, so it was a bloody, bloody mess as they danced around their altar and nothing happened. Then the Bible says when it came time for the evening sacrifice, so all day long, they dancing, they yelling, they shouting, they cutting themselves, blood everywhere, and nothing has happened. And the people of God are standing back here looking at it all. Really? He's not going to do anything? Nothing happened. They were bewitched. But listen, the only thing that broke their bewitchment, if that's a word, if not, I just made it up. Only thing that broke that was them seeing the power of God upon the altar once again. And so at the time of the evening sacrifice, it came. Now we're almost done. Elijah came and he told the people, y'all come on round about me now. Come on. Come on. You too, Edgar. Come on over here. Come on. People came around Elijah and he picked up some stones. And the Bible says that he repaired the altar of the Lord. Picked up 12 stones. Then he put some, some wood on it. Then, they, then he put the sacrifice on top of the wood. And he cut it. And then he told them, bring me some water. How much you want? Bring me four buckets of water. You read it yourself. And they brought four buckets of water. And he said, uh, pour it on the sacrifice, please. What? Shh, Elijah, God will be answered by fire, right? Why are you doing that? Anyway, you got me. So put some water on there. And they did it once. He said, now there's four buckets. He said, do it again. That makes it eight buckets. Do it again. That makes it. 12 buckets, 12 stones for every tribe of Israel, and 12 buckets of water for every tribe of Israel, symbolizing we repent God. So they're pouring all the water on there, and he said they, he even created a trench right around the sacrifice as well, and he, they ordered also that water pour in all the, the trench there. And so what you have here is Elijah's altar just filled with water, and then Elijah prays a short, simple prayer it didn't take him all day let's look at this y'all want to see what this prayer is about let's look at it. let's 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 matter of fact let's go ahead and read it uh first kings 18 let's verse number 30 as we begin to close first kings 18 verse number 30 y'all there back in king james version you got it and it says, and Elijah said to all the people, come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Now you make a special note of that. Verse number 31, and Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of, of, the, of, the, of the sons of Jacob, and um, rather, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall, shall be thy name, and 
uh, with the stones. He built an altar uh, in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, fill water, fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood and he said do it the second time and they did it the second time and he said do it the third time and they did it the third time and the water ran round about the altar and he filled the trench also with water verse number 36 and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said Lord God of Abraham Isaac and of Israel let it be known this day that thou art God. That word God there is Elohim. Can anybody see what's going on here? Let it be known this day that you are the one true God. This is his prayer. Let it be known this day that you are God, that you are Elohim in Israel. And that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Verse 37. Listen to this. This is so powerful. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me. That this people may know. Not that I have a bigger church. Not that I have more money. Hear me. That this people know. That thou art Lord, that's Jehovah. That thou art Jehovah Elohim. Puts them both together. You are the one true God. You are Jehovah Elohim. And that thou hast turned their hearts back again. Then what? Then the fire of the Lord failed and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, Jehovah, in other words, the Jehovah or Jehovah, he is Elohim. Jehovah is Elohim. Do you see that? This was this about who is the one who is truly providing for you? Who is the one who is truly protecting you? Who is the one that is truly sustaining you? It's not your, it's not your sugar daddy or your sugar mama. It's God. It's not your job. It's God. He is Elohim. He is Elohim. We got so many gods erected around us, so many idols erected around us, so many things. Someone asked the question, why is it so hard for people uh, in, the, in today's modern day church to get a miracle? Because we always got a backup plan. I need a miracle. Pastor, pray for me. But if you know this don't work, I'm going to the doctor on Monday. I need a house. I need a house. I need, I need some money. I need some money. But you know, if this don't work, I can go and pawn my title. I always got a backup plan. Just in case God don't move. What's happening? Leaping. Leaping. So what's wrong with the brother? What's wrong with his leg? Why is he doing like that? Oh, he's been leaping again. 
He been leaping back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Why can't why couldn't their business go any further? Why aren't there why isn't their marriage going any further? What why why are we stuck? Because they've been leaping back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Now understand something. Let me give you the cure for this, and then we're gonna close out today. How to break this curse. Because there are four things that he outlines here. There are four things that he outlines that we're going to have to do to break this. Because many of us have been guilty of doing this. Going back and forth, back and forth. We know that we have, all of us have, of course, if you're born again, the spirit of God is is within you. And you know how much time you ought to be spending with God. Let me try this side. You know how much time you ought to be spending with God. You know how much time you ought to be in his word. But how many times do we let other things get in the way of that? Wait, wait, wait a second, God. Let me check my, uh, my status. What? She got a new what? I can't believe. Oh, okay. She lost it. Okay. Well, I feel better now. You see what I'm saying? How often are we putting so much more in front of God? So much more in front of him. It's as if, uh, here again, a a married man tells his wife, honey, uh, yeah, you want to spend time with me? Okay, I will. Just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. I'm coming. Or how many times we as parents tell our children, yeah, just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. And that minute never comes. Always putting them off and putting them off and putting them off and putting them off. And how often do we put off God? Yeah, Lord, I know I need to pray. I'm going to pray. But you know, Lord, I'm, I had a hard day today and I'm so tired. I just want to eat and go to bed. Next day comes, Lord, I'm in a hurry. I got to get to work. We'll say a little something, something in the car on the way to work. But then your favorite song is on in the car, you know. Somebody call you and you got to pick up the phone so that that time never comes. The day goes through, and so many people, just so many interruptions at work. Somebody make you mad. Somebody this and that and the other. You go home at the end of the day. You got so much stuff on your mind, and you get back home, and all you want to do is get something to eat and, and um, watch a little TV and go to bed. And then the next morning, you get back up, and I got to go to work. Go to work all day, and you come back home. All I want to do, I'm tired. I'm tired of folk always bothering me. All I want to do is go home and eat a little bit, watch a little TV, and go to bed, and the cycle continues and here's your father you said you're going to spend time with me don't you understand that God really does love you and really desires to be with you he proved it by giving you his one and only son by sacrificing them and we can be so busy serving all the other things and we put God at the end of the list. This is the, the, if you understand, this is also the principle of tithing. God gets the first, not what's left. I've known people. Well, I got to pay this. I got to pay that. I got to pay this. And whatever's left, you get it. Or one man said, look, God, you God and all. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to get my paycheck and I'm going to cash it. And I'm going to throw it up in the air. And whatever you keep is yours. Guess you didn't want any of it. 
Does that sound right to you? Don't do that. That was an example. You understand what I'm saying? Let me show you these four things that we're going to close down today. The first thing that Elijah did for us to get unstuck, you know, we got to get unstuck. Say with me, we got to get unstuck. Anybody, does anybody see a need to get unstuck? First thing we need to do is to repair the altar. Repair the altar. What is that? There is a special place where you go and commune, commune with God. If it's in your closet, if it's in your bathroom, if it's in your living room, there is a special place where you would go and meet with God. Repair that. In other words, get back to that time. If it's at 3 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the evening, 12 o'clock, whatever it is, repair that altar. Meet with him at that time. Don't forsake that time. You have a time when you meet with God. If you don't meet there, it throws the rest of your day off. Repair the altar. Secondly, offer a sacrifice. Remember, Elijah had the bullock. He offered a sacrifice. What's the sacrifice now? You. Romans, the 12th chapter says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You. Understand something. You are the sacrifice. Now, that's very important. One, you're repairing your altar. You're meeting with God. You're meeting with him in that time. And you're offering yourself to him as a living sacrifice. And then thirdly, make, make a confession of faith before God. That's what happened with the water. Elijah was telling everybody, I believe in him. I believe he will do this. Every time he threw water on it, I know my God is more powerful. I know he's able to deliver me. I know he's able. Every time he threw water on it. So he made a confession. You have to make a confession. That's the third thing. <clears throat> a continual confession. What are you confessing? If over there we were leaning on bail for money needs or physical needs or what have you, now you're confessing, Elohim, you are that to me. Jesus, you are that to me. Does that make sense? And the fourth thing is it was his prayer. He prayed not for his own benefit, but so that others may turn their hearts back to God. Now see this picture in the New Testament. Then we're going to stop. What picture do we see here? We see here where fire falls on, if we do this correctly, fire falls on the sacrifice or fire falls. And if we are the sacrifice, fire falls on the believer. Where in the Bible does God allow fire to fall on believers? Right. The day of Pentecost, the fire of the spirit. You repair your altar. That is, you get with God. You stop forsaking him. And then you say, Lord, here I am. Send your fire again. Send the fire of your spirit again. Why? So that this generation will know that Jesus is Lord. And turn their hearts back to you. Because they are bewitched. They think that technology is their God. They think that this is their God. 
and they turn to it before they turn to him. They think that money is their God, and they serve there, but there are people that God is raising up all around the world that would say, Lord, here am I. Send the fire on this sacrifice again, not for me, but so that they would know that you are God, and so that the hold of Jezebel would be broken off of the people of God, so they would rise up and serve you once again, and serve you once again with all of their heart, with all of their strength, with all of their might, with all of their mind, with all of their soul, not having two opinions, not going back and forth, but God is raising up a people that will say, Lord, cause it to happen to me. Send your fire. Send your fire. Send your fire. And that, by the way, is actually the title for today's message. <laughs> Send your fire. Are you brave enough, bold enough for that? To make a full commitment to him? To admit that we've been going back and forth, back and forth? To admit that, Lord, I haven't, I haven't spent that time with you. I just, I just haven't. Send your fire. Send your fire. Not for me. So that those that are still trapped in Jezebel's bewitching, sin so they'll, they'll know, so that those that are calling the world God, so they'll know that you are truly the one true God, that you are Elohim, that you are Christ. And that's what we want to pray for today. That's what we want to pray for today. So if you're in this house today and you want to pray for that, you want to pray with me, I pray that God help me. Because we can get so busy. We can get so busy. And many times we're so busy doing work for the Lord that you don't spend time with the Lord. So busy. But I believe if you'd be with me today that we will call upon the Lord and we'll finally be unstuck. And we'll finally move on to greater things that God has for you. So if you want to pray with me, you can come on down to the altar. We're just going to pray together in Jesus' name. I'm going to kneel right here. If somebody wants to kneel with me, you can. If not, then I'll just be here by myself. It's okay. That's the way I pray anyway, by myself. It doesn't matter to me. <clears throat> if you can't kneel, you can stand. That's fine. It really is okay. It's your heart that's mattering to the Father. It's your heart. If you guys can play something soft, if you can, Tressley, if you can, you can go ahead and play it. If not, then don't worry about it. Father. We come before you, your people. We stand in the need of prayer. We admit, Father, that we have been halting between two opinions. Money can't save us. Things can't save us. Only you can. Lord, we're here just like Israel was. And we're standing at the altar. 
And Lord, we are offering ourselves a living sacrifice. Not for us, not for bigger things, or not to build ourselves a kingdom, but so that people's hearts may be turned back to you. We ask you, Father, send the fire again. Just like you did on the day of Pentecost, send the fire again. Send the fire, Lord God, on RPM. Send the fire on every altar. Lord, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And in the temple, there is an altar. Holy Spirit, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Send the fire. Send the fire so that our children, our grandchildren, our co-workers, our, our relatives may know that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Father, send the fire. You are Elohim you are the one true God. Send the fire. We cannot do this with ourselves, by ourselves. We pray that you would manifest your greatness through us. When people look at us, let them see Jesus in us. When people hear us, let them hear Jesus through us. When people touch us, let them touch Jesus through us. Father, we pray that we would not go witnessing, but that we would be a witness. That, Lord God, we pray this day that you would turn our hearts and that you would fill us once again with a fire and a passion to study your word. Fill us with a fire and a passion to go before you, to pray, Lord God, to pray. Father, we can only do that with you. Holy Spirit, we pray, give us a desire, a stronger desire to pray. Give us the will to pray that we would set aside the time for you because you set aside even a life of your son for us. It's the least that we can do is offer ourselves to you, a living sacrifice. Oh God, but we need your help to pray we need your help to pray there's so many worries so many concerns about money and about stuff oh god that we need you we want to do right so father we ask for your help today we ask for your help today we can't do this without you so holy ghost come holy spirit come send the fire send the fire send the fire we're not asking for money and houses and stuff we want you to send the fire so that this godless generation would know that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father send the fire send the fire Father hear us there are so many ungodless in our, in our lives, whether it's children or grandchildren or relatives. Or we got somebody in our lives that are not saved. We got somebody in our lives we've been trying to tell about you. But we know that that witchcraft won't break until they see your fire. Until they see your fire. We've been trying to talk to them. We've been praying for them. But this stuff won't break until they see the fire fall on the sacrifice. Oh God, send the fire. We can't go back home the way we left. Father, send the fire. You sent the fire for Elijah and the children of Israel. Send it for our children, oh God. Send it for this generation. 
if it's got to begin with somebody, then let it begin with us. Let it begin at our houses. Let it begin at this church. Let it begin, oh God. We submit, Father. We submit to you. And Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus against every sin. And we confess, Father, that we have been adulterers going back and forth. But Lord, we close that door now. We close that door. We seal it. We cover it in the blood of Jesus that it never be opened again. And we tell you, devil, get your stuff and get out in the name of Jesus. We will serve the Lord and the Lord, the Lord alone. Him only shall we serve. And Father, we ask you for the strength now. We ask you for the strength because this can't happen with our flesh. Lord, the spirit is willing. But the flesh is weak. We ask you to strengthen us. That we will be the true end time church. Jesus we know you're coming again. We ask you to strengthen us Lord God. Strengthen us Father. Strengthen us. And send your fire. Let it be known throughout all the generations. That we your people today. Here at Restoration Power Ministries. We seek you for fire we pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message remember if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org that's kingdomrock.org you can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go and if you have a roku device make sure you search for kingdom rock tv in there you will find this program and so much more we would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.